these days, home is where the everything is. Your work, your gym, the kids' school, your whole life. Xfinity XFi is internet built to handle it all. With XFi, you get the fastest speeds for all your streaming needs, coverage for all your devices, parental controls, and the Xfinity app to control everything. Keep your whole house humming with Xfinity XFi. It's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com slash XFi to learn more. morning this is breaking through addiction my name is dr rob kelly i am the addiction doctor it's wednesday it's nine o'clock here in san antonio and it's looking overcast today jen i think it's gonna rain oh good morning everyone jennifer lovely here dr rob's sidekick um it's a little overcast over here but supposed to be sunny later so excited by the september weather i know it's awesome i love september i really do I told Janet the other day, I said, wake me up when September comes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have a great guest on today. I'm uh, breaking through addiction, Rob Lohman. I was on his podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Such an amazing guy. Uh, every nine o'clock, guys, breaking through addiction. And today, we're going to do it again, guys. We're going to do the giveaways again today. We've got two books to give away today. One from me, one from Jen. Uh, they're both signed copies. And uh, we'll throw in a T-shirt and a face mask as well for you. Uh, we'll come up with a question during the session over the next uh, 20, 30 minutes that Rob's on. And then we'll break, obviously, as we know, we'll come back and then we'll give you the question and you can have the message in. Guys, for Facebook people, our Facebook followers are listening to this live, guys. You're so lucky. The other guys get recorded and tonight it goes out on the 65 platforms and radio. First time we go on radio tonight. So the thousands of other people that are listening, you guys get it first live so don't forget to keep checking in every Wednesday morning, just after nine. New guest every week. And we don't pick crap guests. We always pick the best ones. Jen, what are you up to today? Busy? Yes, I'm busy. Well, my book came out yesterday, so there's a lot of little launch parties and different things like that. I'm super excited about the Addiction Diaries. Super just feel in gratitude that the story is out. And also that I'm on the back end of holding space for my children to recover. They are recovered. So that's really special. So doing good. Excellent stuff. I know when my book came out, I was really excited. It's such an exciting time. So glad your book's coming out. Can't wait to read it. I need a signed copy though. Yes, obviously. of course. Because when we become super mega famous, it could be worth at least $20 instead of our $10 <laughs> that we charge for our books or whatever it is. Okay, guys, Rob Lohman's here on the show. And uh, we're going to have a great time with Rob. So stick around. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Hey guys, welcome back. Breaking Through Addiction Wednesday morning. This is Dr. Rob, the addiction doctor, here with Jennifer Lovely, my sidekick as usual. And we're here with Rob Lohman. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Doing awesome out here in uh, in Colorado. Thanks a bunch. 
Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Jen, you go. Sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. So what part of Colorado are you living? Fortunately, just outside of Littleton, y'all were talking about rain and forecast earlier. We finally got some rain on the western slope to put some of those fires down, but uh, it's been crazy in Colorado lately. I bet. I bet. Have you always lived there? I have not. I'm a mutt. Um, oh. Born in Indiana, raised in Texas, and then addiction took me all over the place. So. <laughs> That's crazy. But my wife, my wife's a native, so she's one of the unique people that, uh, you know, born and raised in Colorado. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know about you, Rob. Wherever I go, we went to a furniture shop yesterday, and because I'm English, I'm like, where are you from? And uh, I say, England. Oh, good. So you and your wife are from England. Now my wife's from Dallas. Oh, good. So uh, what about in England are you from, uh, uh, Janet? No, she's from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> oh, Texas. Oh, I couldn't tell. He's like, are you kidding me? Two voices are completely different. There's two amazing different accents there, and he keeps keep saying she's from England. Unbelievable. Uh, Rob, tell us, tell us what you're all about. Tell our, tell our viewers and our listeners what you're all about. Oh, man, I'm, I'm all about helping people find just freedom from addiction and, like, living an awesome life. So that's that's the focus of what I do and a lot of advocacy work, but I just love seeing people change and, and live, live, a better, live a better way. So first question from me is – do you suffer from addiction yourself? You know, I've um, been 19 years clean and sober from uh, substances and about 20 months from gambling. So there's always stuff to work on, I say. You know, going through all the addictions that I've worked with over the last, I keep saying 27 years, it's actually 32, how mm. fly goes. So we're going to round it up 30 years. Uh, the most difficult I've found to get my head around is gambling, you know, to treat. It's like you can't, you can't really see an end result. You can't order it or get it or feel it or I don't know. I mean, it's just it, it's really difficult. I mean, we've, we've succeeded, but it's really difficult. What what do you think differs between the gambling and, and the hard drugs, do you think? Oh, man. Well, one is just a, I don't have to put anything in my body to gamble. And I didn't even know I needed to work on it, honestly, until I found the world of addiction and recovery as far as a profession and doing interventions and coaching. And I'd, I'd attend all these seminars and just education, right? And they're talking about these process addictions. And I'm thinking, what's a process addiction? Oh, I got that. And and that was, I mean, that's the thing that stuck around. Like, again, no substances for almost 20 years, but gambling was always there. And, and I just never understood how it really messed up with my head. Well, will you tell us a little bit about process addictions so that our audience knows? Yeah, for sure. Well, when you think about people usually talk about like substance abuse, right? And substances, I have to put something in my in my in my mouth or drink or sh drugs, I have to take them. But gambling, it's all about the internal body and the mind and dopamine and and just this. It, 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 and the word process is really a great thing. I can think about times like when my wife would be going out of town with some girlfriends, and I'm thinking, okay how can I get to the casino? Okay. Uh, and I would plan it out. Right. And it's this whole journey of how can I get there? And for me, it was all about dopamine depletion, which I knew nothing about when I was in my addiction, but it's this chemical release of the pleasure center. That's all messed up. And when you place that little bet, it's, it's fun, but I feel like I found the most energy when I was down and I had to struggle to get back to the top. So it's a lot like these phones. Yeah, totally. Well, they say like process addictions is like, you know, things with internet and shopping and, you know, sex and food. And because again, with food addictions, we, we, we have to eat or we'll die, but we have to learn how to eat well. And, you know, sex addictions, it's, it's like, you know, well, we're, 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 we're born to like, you know, procreate and multiply, you know, and it's like, we, that we have to learn how to be intimate with people, not sexually, but just relationally. And when this is all messed up up here, it's it's hard to get back to center. 
Is that is that gambling in the family? There, um, my grandma liked to gamble a lot, but mm. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if there was the gambling addiction piece because I didn't see financial ruin. Yeah, from people, and and I didn't go to financial ruin, but I mean, I did have to file bankruptcy twice in my life, so you know that was a part of it, I'm sure. So, um, tell me something because we ask this question all the time. When I get an addiction, that's just a little bit different to so hardcore heroin and uh, alcohol. Um, placing the bet or driving to the casino, which is more intoxicating? Uh, I think planning it out. But, but even, even, I mean, it's weird. Cause like I, I used to love to play craps, you know, and it was like, you'd be up and there's just this energy right on the table and you're just like, woohoo. And then it goes completely deflated when you hit a seven, but then it's like, okay, what's the next one going to be? And so it's really just waiting for the anticipation of that next, that next thing. But here, here's what I learned is why I realized I needed to quit because, you know, I, I you know, my family, I, I have two young kids. We like to watch movies. And I'd have to take a red box movie back. And I'm like, I have to get out of the house to take the movie back guys. Like I don't want to spend a dollar 50. Right. <laughs> but really right. I just wanted to get out of the house to go buy some scratch tickets and sit like a complete winner in my car and be like, Nope, Nope. Yes. Nope. Nope. So it was, it was more of the mental obsession of getting to a bet than it was the actual bet. Yeah. Now is that any different than, uh, knowing that you're going to get go get your heroin or your crack cocaine and planning that out. No, I think it's all it's all related. Oh, it's okay. just the, the thing is that I can get my dopamine hits without drugs, like right. physically putting something in versus that. So yeah, I think the process is the same. Like, how am I going to meet my dope dealer? How am I going to? You know, my wife can't see, my kids won't see, and I get it, and then I go hide my car and do it, and all those things. So yeah, there's definitely a connection for sure. So um, tell us how you got here. Tell us what were, were like the event or maybe there was multiple events. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that the roller coaster that never ended. It's, you know, you pull in to get off and you're like, oh, there it goes again and, and just a complete different direction. But I mean, I started using uh, abusing alcohol at 14 years old, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I didn't have like a big traumatic childhood or anything. It was I had good parents and and, you know, we went to church and did all that kind of stuff. But there was just something different about me in the way I was wired. And I just remember that first drink and, or the first drunk, I'll say not the first drink, but the first drunk. And, and it was almost like alcohol just got me right there in the beginning. And that's what it was for the next 15 years was just most everything I did involved alcohol to some degree. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And it was, and it was, did it was replace, scary. Did you replace um, gambling with alcohol? alcohol with gambling it, it, you know it all went together i mean i started at 14 i remember 15 years old we'd be gambling over at my friend case's house and we'd be drinking and gambling and like i don't i, don't, I barely even have a job and my parents didn't give me like allowance i mean i had to go earn my money mowing yards and stuff but i mean we'd be placing there's this one game we used to call game called uh i think it was bullshit and it was like you had three cards and you had to you know if you if you held on to them and everyone that held on, you had to like double the pot or whatever it was. And we, I put like a hundred dollars in, it was crazy, but that just stayed until, and I'm 48 now. So it wasn't until I was 47 that I stopped gambling. Wow. So, oh, so it's just recent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 20 months ago it was, that was, that was when I realized the mental obsession piece had taken over, um, that it was, it was just that time it was, it was time to quit. So, you know, kind of like me, I'm all in or all out sometimes. But it took me 13 months going through Celebrate Recovery to actually finally break free from gambling. That's what worked for me. 
Wow. So walk us through how you support humans at, um, with the mental um, obsession, because honestly, I mean, that's like, that's all of us, right? We ever, all of us, all humans really have a mental obsession. And now that we're in the midst of a pandemic, uh, a political crisis as well, we have an addiction crisis, right? We have all of these things. There's obsessiveness in all of us. How do we yeah. do that? Oh man, it's just finding balance. I always say it's, if, if it's something that's taken up way too much of your time, even people that like spend time, like spending hours researching COVID or three hours a day working out, or there's just the things get out of balance a lot of times. And I just ask them, you know, how is this controlling your life? Mm -hmm. How much of it's taking your time? Like when you're having dinner with your family, are you present or are you thinking about whatever? And I started doing this recently, which was my, I'm, I'm a dreamer, a thinker, a creator, so my brain's always going, um, probably like both of yours, I would imagine, you know, just like, okay, how can I help people better? How can I do this? What, what else can I create or support that's already created? So I started doing this in the pool and it recently when I go swimming, cause that's kind of like my exercise. And I started just when I, I love doing like breaststroke and freestyle. So when I'm taking a stroke, I just, I'm just like stroke, breath, stroke breath and it's totally calmed me down just so I can actually enjoy the physical activity. But things like that, I think can help a lot of people with their process and over obsessions. Can you do that again? That was really calming. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Everybody ready, 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 Rob and Jennifer. Here we go. Stroke, breath, stroke. Oh, it's nice. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. So, so um, tell us about, uh, tell us about your website and what you do on there. Yeah. So liftedfromtherut.com is where you can go learn about everything I do. Uh, but, you know, I, I do interventions. I help families walk through the process of a loved one that's just stuck or a family that's stuck and coming up with a plan to get them unstuck and on, on a healthier path. Um, recovery coaching. I love doing that. I just literally launched three new recovery coaching programs, group coaching programs I'm excited about for September and podcasting. I mean, you know, Dr. Rob, you've been on the the podcast before and some actually have the beyond the bars podcast. And then I'm launching a brand new one called addiction, freedom, and faith uh, in a couple weeks too. So that, and I do a lot of advocacy work down in the, down in the Capitol and just, you know, I have a lot of things going, but they're all related to helping people move forward and live like their best life. Yeah. So tell us what is it, what would it look like to do recovering coaching with you? Do you, is it, Six months, nine months after they've recovered, how do you how do you work with people? Yeah, I mean, if they're you know if they're fresh out of treatment, I think it's it's that's a great place to find people because if they have a renewed life and they're excited about not going back to that lifestyle of addiction, then they can really embrace and and be it like a sponge and just absorb that. But you know, the, the great thing about coaching is um, you're not here to tell people what to do. Yeah, it's there to help them move forward into what they already know they want to do, but don't know how to get there and and that, that was, that was a big shift for me, just seeing the beauty in that. Cause as, as people with addictions, it's usually like, Jennifer, do this, Rob, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then when you empower them to get that own decision to come, they, I, 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 that was my choice to do that. Mm -hmm. it, it helps them go forward so much, so much more, but yeah, in, in the group coaching setting, I love it because it, it creates that community of people and, when you can see people doing the work that are thriving and you know, you're kind of 
you know, just sitting back and half-assing your recovery coaching and not doing much and wanting that, then it helps move people forward. I think in a group setting a lot more than a one-on-one. Yeah. I think as well that, you know, you know, when you are fasting it, I mean, people know, people can see through you. I always say, I, you know, I've seen some coaches, I've seen some psychologists, addiction psychologists who's gone to school, you know, for five or six years and got the PhD and, um, never suffered, never been there, never been through the, the, the deal, the trauma and all that stuff. And, you know, this is my opinion, and I think it's pretty true that if you haven't been through the stuff, you can go to as many colleges and schools as you want, but people are going to see you through you. And know that I have a, uh, I have a, a counselor that I see. Now, there's a couple of things wrong when I, when my wife goes looking for counselors. First of all, when they find out who I am, we spend most of the session asking, like, what Dr. Phil's like, what's Oprah like, you know, what's it like to go on? And it's like, no, I'm here to help. So we found this woman. She's an ex-heroin addict. She's an ex-alcoholic. She's about 65. She looks like an old hippie, and she <laughs> can curse better than me. And she's my girl. But because I know she's been there, I kind of trust her. And I'm telling her things that I've never told anybody, not even my wife. And I think people can see through that. Wouldn't you agree, Rob? Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, it, I, whenever I hear someone say something like that, I laugh. Like when I was in the halfway house in my little prison stint, there was a girl that came in and she was teaching a parenting class. You know, and she's never been married, didn't even have kids. And I'm like, how, what do you, or, or a marriage counselor that's never been married and hasn't been through the, the ups and the valleys and downs. And, yeah. and I'm not saying you have to be like a counselor has to have an addiction to be a good counselor, but it sure helps. Yeah. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, I kind of disagree with that. I, it's like, if you haven't gotten a, if you haven't, I've been through it, don't come near me because you can't tell. Cause there's, there's, I mean, look at gambling, for instance, everyone thinks gambling is innocent. As innocent as you come, you don't come on wasted. You don't come on drunk. You don't come on impaired. You know, you don't. You can't. You don't, oh, I can't go to work today. I've got to take a bet. It's like oh, I've just heroin. I can't go to work. It's like all these secret things that that you know what to look for. You know, I wouldn't. Maybe Jennifer wouldn't, because I'm an alcohol and drug guy. You know, so unless you've been there, people can pull a wall over your eyes. But it makes me smile when they, when they come here and they try all these little tricks that I was trying when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And you think, really, you know, so I think it's really important that, uh, that you've, that you've been there and done it. What's your, what's your, um, what's your most fun time or the most fun accomplishment you've had with a client? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, j just open. It's, it's, it's always great when you're doing intervention with a family and the whole families, you know, they've hired me, they're ready to go, but they just know the person's not going to go get help. And then they go and, you know, then they write me a letter from a treatment center that says, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, and that, that, that blew me away once. And it was just, I thought that was the coolest thing. And like that, somehow they found my address, <laughs> sent me a letter and, and just thanked me. And, and even yesterday I went and sat down with a guy and, you know, the, the mother was just like, he's not going to listen. He's not going to go. I get to the house. He's in his room telling me to F off and everything he could through the door. I'm not coming out. Forget you get out. That's all right. That's cool, man. I'll be downstairs when you're ready to talk. Let's just, I'm just here to have a conversation. And 15 minutes later, he came down. We had a great talk for 45 minutes and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do some stuff with you. And just was open and the family's jaws were on the floor. And it's, it's just about relating. It's about being real and personable with yeah. people, not a book text robot. I tell this story that um, I've told before Jen's heard it. 
But uh, we, we got a call once for intervention and the parents were very concerned that four interventionists have been tried before over the last three months. None of them have succeeded. So they heard our name from someone. They called me and he said, look, you know, it's not about the money, but we are willing to pay. And they mentioned a price. And I'm like, holy moly, what's the deal? And he told me, look, he's going to die. He needs to go to treatment. You know, we're, we can't throw him out, but he needs to go. So we went through everything. Like, you know, are you willing to throw him out? All the usual stuff. And yeah. uh, it was on. I mean, this guy was was like, you know, 300 pounds. He was an ex-footballer, a lineman or something like that. So I, I really get into the occasion. You know, when I'm, when I'm going to do an intervention, we've done about, I don't know, over 2,000. But when we go there, I want to find out as much as I can about the guy. So this guy's a big fighting guy, and he's going to be a lot of trouble. So I shave my head. Now, when I shave my head, I look like a thug. I mean, I look mean, you know what I mean? And I'm a big guy. So I shaved my head and we had all, we had four guys ready to go instead of just me and another guy. And we, and we bowled down there and we'll wet, and we got handcuffs. If the police are listening, I'm only joking. We got handcuffs and everything. And we're going to handcuff him and throw him in the trunk of the car as far as I'm concerned. So we bowls down there. Dad's a police officer or ex-police officer. So we walks in, we did all the thing, the, the family before the night. And then the day comes and they get him in the house. Now, usually I'm in the house when they come, but there's one way out and he's going to bolt. So we get him in the house first, then I come through. Rob, I bust myself up as big as possible. I walk <laughs> through the door. I looked at him and I says, okay, you know who I am? And he says, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I shaved my head for nothing. But, it's so funny, but what a feeling when you're getting him in the car. You know, you think you've accomplished something. Yeah. Well, and I'm really curious because... I come from the world where they, you know, people would come in and kidnap the kids and take them to, you know, that place in Utah, which was the scary place. And, and um, so does it work? Because it didn't work a lot of times with those kids. Yeah. I, I don't do, I, I don't, I don't work with a lot of uh, minors and what I do, but what I do know is I know some kids that have gone through that, you know, it's both ends of the spectrum, right? It's their life has totally changed. They got it. They understood it was out of love and their parents were freaking out to the point of, you know, 10 years later to do an intervention. Like I'm still pissed when they sent me to wilderness camp when I was 15. I'm like, okay, so that's been like 10 years. You've been mad at them for that. And so we talk about how that hurts them, but yeah, it's, it's both ends of the spectrum. I don't actually know what the percentages are of, of how people's lives fully change, but, uh, I know they can work or not work. I think it just depends on the harboring of resentment that the young one has and what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Oh, want it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so tell me how, um, how long you've been sober. I think you might've said that, but I'm asking again. And how hard was it for you to get sober? Oh yeah. So I found sobriety uh, June 7th, 2001. But leading up to that, it was, it was just years of just hell in my, in my head because I hated who I was becoming. Mm. You know, I didn't even know who I really was because I lived this life as a chameleon. So I would be different around you, Jennifer, than I would around you, Rob, and around other people. And so I just kind of got lost in the whole world of like the facade because I was like fit and worked out and ran half marathons and had a bunch of girlfriends. So all those things, right? The external stuff. But over time, it just started dwindling in my inside. And I, and I started hating who I saw in the mirror. You know, I wanted to, kill myself repeatedly. I dealt a lot with suicide ideation leading up to 2001 and about, you know, four months or so before this incident happened, 
I would start and, and I didn't know what was happening, but I would literally see myself veer off while I was driving straight down a highway and I would see my car like hit a median and explode and blow up. And I would just be, I would see myself dead on the side of the road. Mm. And that was happening a lot more in intensity. And I was having lots of blackouts and it was just a really dark period of time. So I was seeking all this worth in girls and jobs and, you know, I was lying to everybody. So, so I was just lost, but you would never know that if you knew me, if you hung out with me, you're like, man, Rob's so fun and positive. And I'm just like, so it was building and building and building and building. And then June 7th, 2001, the evening of that, I was hanging out in a bar in good old Fort Wayne, Indiana, second largest city in Indiana, just in case you're wondering. And, um, <laughs> and all of a sudden the bar got completely dead silent. I mean, music, voices, everything got completely dead silent. And I audibly heard the words, you're done. Mm. And then the bar got really loud again. And so I'm the only one that really happened to, but I remember looking at my buddy, Sean O'Brien, and I was like, Sean, I got to go home. And I think I'm finally done drinking. And like good drinking buddies, we laugh and like, yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And, but I drove home and I, and I feel as though I was sober, but I was drunk at the same time because something happened. There was a shift that just happened and I had no clue what it was. So I thought I was done drinking. And so I go home and my, you know, walk up my 12 stairs to my little one bedroom apartment in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And on autopilot, I just put about 350 pounds on the barbell as I walked right past my dog, Jake laid down on the workout bench picked up that barbell and just unhinged my elbows and dropped that weight right across my chest. Mm -hmm. And what I believe happened in that moment was God reached down and grabbed that bar holding it. And this is milliseconds of time. And then he says to my dog, like, you need to save your dad. And so my dog starts nudging my knee with his, with his head and just kind of like, what, what are you doing, dad? And my heart completely broke for Jake. And I was like, oh, my gosh, who's going to feed you in the morning? And I started thinking about my parents. And, you know, I believe, again, God's just holding that bar and saying, okay, let's finish this up. And puts that bar back on the rack. And I felt completely different in that moment right there. Wow. Poured out. Because I, I, was, I could drink two bottles of scotch in a day because mm -hmm. I was in sales and marketing. So I was everyone's friend. So let's go get drinks and whatever. And so I, you know, that's why I was about $67,000 in credit card debt also. Um, but it was in that moment, you know, I, I slept in peace for the first time in, I don't know, let's say a decade. And I woke up and I just, I was a completely different man. Wow. And, and I made that phone call to my, what I meant to call my aunt Carol. She's in heaven now after 34 years of sobriety. Um, but she had about 25 years at that time ish or whatever. And she, um, but I actually called my parents <laughs> and that was the phone call my mom had been praying for for years. And she, she knew I was like not doing well, but had no clue how bad I was, which is an indication if people think their loved ones struggling, they're struggling a lot more than you think. Right. And, um, but here's the crazy thing. I mean, I cried for an hour. My mom cried for an hour and my aunt picked me up and she took me to my first recovery meeting of willingness, not by the courts. <laughs> or anything else, but it was just by my willingness. And she pulls up on a curb in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we walk straight to the back of this establishment to my first, you know, AA meeting of willingness. But along that walk, there were, it was a back of a bar was my first meeting. <laughs> and we walked past like, I don't know, hundreds of bottles of liquor straight to the back. And there were people that were laughing 
and they were happy and talking about this. And I'm like, okay, 350 pound barbell across the chest where these people are really happy. So I was just in, I was in and I didn't go through detox. I didn't go through withdrawals, nothing. It was almost like I had never, ever drank alcohol. And I haven't had one craving since that day hmm. in recovery. That's so that's an amazing story. I yeah. love, absolutely love that story. Um, give me three words that describe you today in your, in your recovery, your happiness, your life. Um, balanced, like passionate, yeah. and wacky. And what like that. what's that? What's your purpose? To just help people live a transformed life. Transformed being. Man, it sounds, just, like, sounds like freedom. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the freedom from addiction. I, I talk about, you know, going from addiction to recovery to living a transformed life. And because that's what I've received. And now, gr granted, recovery hasn't been easy. I mean, I went to prison in year 11 of my recovery after a mental breakdown, you know, and that's a crazy story in itself. Um, but it was in that that I really found my purpose to live the rest of my life to help other people not go where I did in recovery, right? Like not drinking or drugging, but what the heck's recovery if your spiritual conditioning totally stinks, right? And again, the whole prison story is a different, that's another concept, but I'm just grateful today. I think well, if you have a spiritual life, then, then you might as well drink, you might as well yeah. drug. You yeah. know, if your life doesn't get any better on a daily basis, if your life's not amazing, I often tell people, I, I mean, I think I said this on your show, Rob, that I, I once, uh, well, on many occasions, but there was one instance, I was at the uh, Savoy Hotel in the penthouse suite with Elton John, and I'm like, does life get any better than this? There's more cocaine on the table that I've seen in my life. There's all sorts of liquor you could imagine. There's women there that are just absolutely beautiful. There's guys, that, I mean, it was just an absolute amazing place. And, you know, I, I was sat there going, wow, this is unbelievable. But how far I was destroyed and how lonely I was. I remember organizing a works do, and, and it must have been friends of friends of friends. So say there were 500 people at this uh, this, this establishment. Yeah. I remember in the middle of the dance floor and uh, feeling the loneliest person in the world. And, and I can still do that today if I'm not careful because isolation is one of my biggest things. And I'm, we all, I think we're all very good at putting that, that front on where, you know, I, I mean, me and Jen know that there's sometimes, Rob, you don't know this probably, but there's sometimes when I can't even get out of bed, I'm not depressed. Mm -hmm. And we and we have we have a saying for it here. It's one of those days. That's what Jay Bear, Jay Bear's my wife. She'll say to me, and she'll cancel all appointments, and we won't make a fuss of it. And it's just the way it is. And we'll acknowledge it, we'll own it, and we'll mm -hmm. move on because tomorrow's a better day. Yeah, amen to that. That's that's totally true. Yeah. So your addiction did not send you to prison, or it did? No, my um, isolation and. Basically, it was my own self-loathing because I feel like I was failing as a husband and a father. And because when I got sober, I wasn't, I wasn't any of those. I was single. And as mm -hmm. time went on, and I, you know, you know, married my wife Jen, and my son Zeke was born, and my daughter Eden was born, and then I had a, a, owned a business. Like all those things were new, and I felt very incompetent in all three of all three of those areas. And over time. It was just like, I, I'm, I'm not providing, I'm not providing what I should, I could, the life. And, and I just, I had a history of self-sabotage, but keep in mind, I was also seriously in my gambling addiction, like going to the grocery store and buying a whole stack of like 
you know, for like six or $700 of scratch tickets and just going and sitting in my office and closing the door. I it was my own office and I'd still close the door and nobody was there. And I just sit there and just do that thing. Like, you know, and just scratch. And what am I going to hit? How am I going to get this quick fix? How am I going to get out of this hole? How am I going to do this? I'm a, I'm a dead again. Like, and so I was dealing with the suicide ideation to the point where we talk about self-harming. And one day I was sitting in my office, looking at a stack of papers, having no clue where to even begin. Cause I was just paralyzed with fear. Cause I became a fear driven man instead of a faith driven man at this point. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I literally just took my hand and I hit myself in the side of the head. And that felt good. That was like a gambling hit. You know, the dopamine just released quick in my brain. I'm like, Oh wow. And then I, and I could function. And I started doing that to the point where I couldn't even put my glasses on because the side of my head hurt so bad. And, mm -hmm. and nobody knew I was doing that. And then I lost my insurance agency because of production numbers. And, you know, you just, you're just done. There's nothing else. You're just done. It's all gone kaputs. And so now I'm really, I've really failed in my life. And, and, in the, in the same time, you know, my wife is just like, you know, we we're, our, our lives were very, uh, she was busy with uh, event and promotion things she did with a radio station and I was working nights and weekends in my job. So we didn't connect very well as a couple and kind of grew apart. And my wife was kind of like, I just wish we could just spend time together, even if we're poor. Mm -hmm. Right. So she was kind of like looking at this new season of like, okay, we're going to heal. We're going to rest. She was getting ready to leave her job after a four month notice that she gave them to train the new person. And so she was kind of excited about this next chapter. I'm in this space of horrid torment of myself. So in February that next year, that's when I had my major mental breakdown one night and it was very confusing what happened, you know? Um, I mean, we watched a very inspirational movie, you know, and it was about redemption and someone changing their life. And, but it was also the guy that dealt with this message that he sucked and he wasn't good enough for his father or anybody. And I felt like I sucked and wasn't good enough for my wife. And that was my own portrayal in my head of our life, right? She didn't tell me you're not good enough. Right, right. But in that evening, I literally just, I'm a late owl, still am. Stayed up and I was on the couch and decided to, I was looking for a job and working on a side hustle that I had. And all of a sudden, I just decided to get up and organize our townhouse. And I never knew I had a problem with clutter but I had a problem with clutter and our house was cluttered because we were going to remodel our kitchen and just other things were going on. And all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, uh, some boxes were on fire on my covered patio that I had lit and it just caught on fire and destroyed pretty much everything we had in a townhouse. Everybody got out, nobody got hurt or anything, but um, that scared the crap out of me that I don't even know how I got there, but, now, and I can look back, I can see how I got to the isolation, but that was, that was my mental breakdown. And, you know, some people have affairs, some people, you know, drive their car into a tree, whatever. That was, that was how my world collapsed. And, uh, from that incredible miracles and things have happened and God's shown up in so many, so many, so many ways I could write 10 books about that, but that was my massive moment of clarity. And, my wife and I still heal. We're still healing from that. You know, I caused a lot of damage and um, left my family for what was supposed to be anywhere from two years to 56 years in prison. And um, thank God my 13 year sentence, I was only spent 10 and a half months behind bars and 
anyway, lots of miracles in that, but I found myself again through that and literally, you know, rising above the ashes was, is the, is my story. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Yeah. That's then Rob, we want to thank you so much for coming on our show. Absolutely amazing story. Uh, the website scrolling across the bottom guys. Where else can people find you, Rob? What, what, what's your platforms? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I don't do, I'm, I'm working more, more on the Instagram world, but really Facebook's kind of my platform. Um, so just find me on there, Rob Loman. And I always tell people, you can just call me directly. Cause that's, if you need help, just call me because that's the way to do it at 970-331-4469. And lifted from the root.com is yes, the sir. website. Can vouch for this guy. Peeps is an awesome guy. He has an awesome story, but he's an awesome journey. And just like all of us on this show today, we just want to help people. This is never about the money. It's never about the fame. It's always about let's try and help another human being. And I don't, I mean, I know, I know Jenna, I guess you as well, Rob. It's not even being an alcoholic or a gambler. It's about how can I help my fellow human being to re receive a better life. And for me, that's through God and a spiritual journey. And, and living life to the full. I mean, from homelessness to where I am today, it's humanly impossible, period. I always say that. I had to have God's help. So if those people out there are atheists, if those people need help, if you're depressed, if you're going through gambling, if you're going through drugs, if you're just not happy with your life, if you're setting fires on the balcony, you don't even know it. I mean, you know your side of that. You know that if you're doing something that doesn't make sense, then you need to contact Rob Lohman. He's such a great guy. Liftedfromtherut.com. And uh, again, I just want to say thank you. And I'll let Jennifer say bye. Yes, Rob, thanks for sharing your story. I really, um, it's always inspirational to hear how people can come from the just the bottom of the rut, I guess, and, and really recreate their lives. Um, what do you have to say to anybody that doesn't even know where to start? If, you've, if, you, if you're questioning how substances or anything is affecting your life, you're not happy, it's just reach out to somebody locally. I mean, find a local friend, find a confidant, call a phone number, reach out to the three of us. I mean, just take that step. No expectations. Just call somebody so, just so it doesn't get worse. Yeah. Excellent. One more time, guys. Lifted from the rut.com. Rob Lohman was the guest. Rob Lohman was in the house. Oh, boy, we'll be in the house. Guys, we'll be right back. We've got some giveaways for you. But for now, thank you, Rob. See you in a sec, guys. Stick around. Thank you. Awesome guest, Jen. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that was really fun. I mean, you know, it's always fun to hear hear the stories and hear how people overcame, I think. What do you what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love different stories. It's always nice to have a twist on it, like the gambling thing. And it's always nice to when you hear people's stories about setting fires on the balcony and not even knowing you did it. That's what we're talking about. Mental, I call it a mental injury. I don't call it a mental illness because we can recover from it. So it's a mental injury, but yeah, it's, it's all these different things that somebody out there who, who listened to last week will relate to better because they heard that today. Yeah, I know. And what do you, um, I mean, have you treated a lot of people with gambling addiction? I haven't, to be honest, probably one or two over the last 30 years. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I'm just, I'm a little still intrigued about it. Now we have had people come to us and I've not felt that confident you know, because the mind is a little bit different. The addiction is the same, but because I can't monitor it, 
I mean, I can manage drug and alcohol. I'll test you. You know, I'll give you a UA or breathalyze you. But with gambling, it's so hard. And then when they come in the next day, what I found with one we took on, uh, (laughs) gambling, people who gamble uh, are very hard to read. Now, as most of you may know, I've got a PhD in behavioral science, so I can read anybody usually. Compulsive liars or gamblers are the worst people in the world to read. So if they've been bad the night before and they come in, I have no idea. So they can get away with murder. And it's just like I feel defeated when, when you find out that you've, you've, been, you've been failing all this time. But it's the same um, neural pathways. It's the same group yep. in the brain. Yep. It's, uh, it's self-sabotaging. We like to build up a little future for ourselves. Uh, alcoholics, addicts, gamblers, all these guys are fantastic starters, but terrible finishers. So what happens is we start something like marriage or a business or a relationship, and we look great when we start. But over a period of time, we want to tear it down because we're not good enough. And we gamble and gamble and gamble, or drink, drink, drink. And at the end of the day, we know it's going to happen because, you know, there's a, there's a song by Robbie Williams called Come On Done. And uh, Robbie's a friend of mine. Uh, and he he tells, you know, he's, he's talking about uh, going to his first date with a girl. And while he's traveling there, he's thinking how he's going to break up with her. That's mm-hmm. chronic addict, alcoholic gambling uh, thought patterns is how am I going to get out of this before I even start? Because we're scared of failure. We're scared of success. So, yeah, that was very, very. I like that. It was very, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting show. Very, very good. Always, always love the diversity. Yeah. I love anything, stuff like that. Okay, guys, what do you want to win today? You want to win two books, some T-shirts, and a mask? How about that? Okay. What I'm telling you what we're going to get, Jenny, is going to come up with a question for you. He says, putting her on the spot. So, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. It's only available on Amazon. You can get a free signed copy from me. We will send it to you from the office, free of charge. We'll even pay posting for you anywhere in the USA. Sorry, guys in UK, follow me. It's just cost like $6 million to send anything over there. So, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. And the Addiction Diaries from Jennifer Lovely will be signed and sent to you hard. Mine's a soft copy. She's a hard copy, which is even more cool. So, you can win that usual T-shirt, you know, what's uh, we don't negotiate with the disease of alcoholism or addiction. And we'll also throw a face mask in free as well. All under the same question. So if two or three come in, we'll give one book to somebody, another book to somebody, and the T-shirt and master somebody else. Or we might even bung them all together if the answer's good. So Jen, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but what question can they answer to win these goodies? Um, who is, uh, I mean, I'll make it, I'll make, you ask, you ask one question and I'll ask another. Okay. Who is the doctor that supported Bill W? There you go. Who's the doctor that supported Bill W or or paired up with uh, Bill W? Excellent stuff. That's one question. And my question is a bit of neuroscience. What is neuroplasticity? What is neuroplasticity is is one of the questions. And the second one, who uh, coupled with doctor, uh, who coupled with Bill Wilson, um, and was a doctor. Um, and I just give the game away. Sorry. Uh, it's that easy guys. You can win anything if you want to. So who, who teamed up with doctor, uh, something with Bill W and, um, what is neuroplasticity? That's the two questions. If you can't answer them, he said, giving the answer away, you must be crazy. Message me, email us, 
email Jen, email myself, and uh, we'll get back to you with the winners. And if they agree, some don't, we'll announce them on the show next week. Yay. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Next week, we've got a special guest as well, and you guest every single week, guys. It's absolutely awesome show. Nine o'clock every Wednesday, Breaking Through Addiction, or BTA, as we're going to start calling it. Don't forget to visit the, the uh, Facebook page, uh, Breaking Through Addiction, and also Families Breaking Through Addiction. That's me and Jen. Watch out for new websites coming from me and Jen. There's a coaching website. There's a family addiction website. We're up and going as quick as we possibly can to get the landing page for you so you can have a look. JenniferLovelyCoaching.com and RobKelly.com are the websites, and we're on all the platforms. So for me, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know the numbers were pretty high again. I'm already seeing that's without going live, to, uh, going on uh, platforms tonight. So for me, guys, I'll say thank you so much, and thank you to Rob Lohman for joining us, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you, guys. Have an amazing week. See you next week. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.